This is HPR episode 2366 entitled Making Bramble Jelly and is part of the series Cooking. It is hosted by Tony Humaka Tony H1212 and is about 11 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is, this is a show on making bramble jelly. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hello Hacker Public Radio listeners, this is Tony Hughes in Blackpool in the UK. Um, Good to be back for another show. Uh, It's that time of the year when I turn my hand to foraging and making jelly from local wild blackberries or brambles, whatever you want to call them. The season started early this year here in the UK, so I've already produced over 60 jars of bramble jelly this year, with more to come. Thankfully I have people who donate old jam jars for reuse during the year which I store for this very time. So I've not not had any problems with jars for storage of the jelly once it's been made yet. First off on an issue of hygiene, before filling all the jars uh, they've been delabeled and on the day of production they're given another wash in hot soapy water, rinsed. Uh, to clean off the soap and placed in the oven and cooked for at least 15 minutes at 150 degrees centigrade which is about 300 Fahrenheit to give them a sterilization. I also uh, put all the lids into a pan with uh, with water and bring these to the boil and then keep them uh, at a high temperature until just before use for exactly the same reason. So all the lids and the jars are sterilised at least once. Generally a couple of times. Um, So in making the jelly the first thing I do is once I've got the collected fruit uh, it gets a wash to remove any uh, bits of debris and any wildlife that might be hiding in it. Some people say washing a little bit of a saline solution but I just use fresh water and that seems to do the trick Uh, weigh the fruit just to give me an idea how much fruit I've got uh, and put it in the uh, pan with uh, just about 50 mils of water for each kilo of fruit Um, give it a mash with a vegetable masher uh, and add uh, a lemon for each kilo of and a half of fruit uh, this is for the acidity and the pectin that you get out of the pith. So I cut the lemons in half, throw them in the pan and bring all the uh, fruit to the boil uh, to break it down. You can add, um, um, I sometimes find wild plums, so you can add uh, uh, other fruit, 
plums are particularly rich in pectin so sometimes if I've got a source of wild plums I'll add about 10% of the of the mix uh, of plums so that that can also give a pectin rich uh, juice but generally if I haven't got access to plums it's uh, lemons once the fruit's broken, uh, boiled down and broken down to uh, leave it to cool a bit remove the lemon skins and make sure you scrape out all the pith from the inside of the skin to get all that nice pectin um, and then put that in the pot um, now the once you've done this the fruit needs to be strained it might you might want to bring it back just warm it up a bit because that thins it out a little bit to help you strain it but you can do it from cold uh, you can use a uh, now professionals would use a jelly bag I tend to just use uh, a very fine strainer and I'm not worried about it not being dead clear and see-through so I actually use something to push the push the, uh, the juice through the strainer uh, to get the juice out but if you're going to do it properly and you want a nice clear jelly then you get a jelly bag I'm sure you can go on the internet and find uh, sources of jelly bags and you pile all the uh, the mixture into a jelly bag over a big pan and leave it for as long as 12 18 hours for all the juice to come out um, and then once you've got this uh, the juice you can reduce the juice by about a third just to concentrate it a little bit you then measure the remaining juice uh, to calculate how much sugar you're going to need to make the jelly uh, I use the equivalent of one kilo of sugar to about each liter of juice or if you in US it be one pound of sugar for a US pint of uh, juice basically uh, the weight of the liquid is about the same weight as the um, the sugar that you're putting in now find a pan big enough that uh, when you put the juice and once the sugar's added it the, the liquid will only come up to about halfway <coughs> because once the uh, juice starts boiling it expands and you don't want it boiling over on your stove uh, bring the juice back up to the boil and at this stage add the sugar stirring until uh, the sugar's dissolved um, this cools down the liquid again so you've got to once you've got all the sugar in and dissolved you're going to have to continue to heat it and bring it back up to the boil at this stage you need to keep the juice boiling until it's come up to jam temperature which is around about 105 degrees C or 220 Fahrenheit if you have um, if you have one uh, you can use a jam thermometer um, but um, I don't so I use a mixture of visual clues and that is when the uh, boiling you get a rolling boil with lots and lots of small bubbles on the surface and I also keep a plate in the freezer uh, to test the jelly as it cooks uh, once you've got it up to jam temperature cook it for about 10 to 15 minutes and then do your first test to see if you've uh, got uh, a setting point and like I say you put a small blob of the uh, jelly onto a cold plate that you've had in the freezer leave it for about a minute and then run one of your fingers through it 
to create a little uh, gap in between the juice uh, uh, as you go and if it wrinkles up at the end and the juice that's on either side of where you've created the gap doesn't to roll in to kind of fill the gap up you're pretty well where you've got a, you've got a, a you've got up to setting point if it doesn't if, if the juice starts to come in to close that gap and it doesn't quite wrinkle up nice and go quite high at the end then carry on boiling for another five minutes and repeat it until you've got a, a setting point so at each stage after the five minutes test it again if it's ready then you can switch it off if not another five minutes so remove once you've got up to a setting point remove the uh, pan from the heat and allow, allow it to cool for about 10 minutes uh, during this time you can get your lids ready uh, I uh, drain the lids from the uh, hot water and I lay them out on a clean towel with the inside of the lid up, upwards so that it's not being contaminated by anything that's on the on the uh, towel uh, and if you're um, using preserving I, I use lids uh, jars and lids that are from um, store-bought um, jams and chutneys and things uh, and these tend to have the little pop-up seal in them but um, if you're using uh, preserving jars just follow the instructions on how to sterilize them and what to do when you when you putting them on uh, and sealing in the jelly um, as it's jelly you don't need a fancy jam funnel as it pours really well from a jug just ensure that you've got a, a jug that's uh, clean and dry uh, as the heat from the uh, jelly will still be quite high it will ensure that it's sterile when you're using it but if you're paranoid about infection just sterilize it and make sure it's a heat proof jar uh, jug and sterilize it in the same way as you prepare the jars for uh, for putting the uh, jelly in so all that remains now is to remove a few jars from the oven at a time fill with the jelly liquid uh, and have, give the uh, pan a stir uh, before you fill the jug so that you get all the uh, pectin evenly um, distributed in the jelly and you've not got some thin juice and some thick juice um, put the lids on the jars as soon as you've uh, filled them up ensuring that they're on fairly tightly you'll need to have some kind of heat proof glove or something as you tighten them because the jars will be very hot um, if you've used store bought um, jars and lids then you'll possibly have the little security pop-up thing that once the jars open it pops up and it, you can feel a bounce on it now this will still be bouncing when you first put it on but as the jelly cools uh, that that will pop down uh, and that shows that you've got good seal on the jar and that your jelly is good to store for quite a, a while uh, I've had jelly that, uh, jellies and jams and chutneys that I've made that last well over a couple of years uh, and with certain things like chutneys the, the longer you store them the more mature they get and the better the taste is so once you've filled your jars put the lids on place the jars somewhere to cool and then once they've cooled you can label up with a date of uh, you made it and what it is and you're set to enjoy your own homemade jelly until it runs out 
or as I do because I make so much I give some of it away as homemade gifts to friends and family obviously this is just my experience of making uh, jelly or jams uh, if you want more info about about this there's loads and loads of YouTube videos out there so just go onto YouTube and have a look so good luck with making your own jelly bye for now You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.